listening to Your Credit Today with Angela setters Bassard, the real credit queen. It's time to get your creditation on. Tune in, invite your friends and coworkers as we share industry tips, stories, and wealth-building strategies. This is A to the N to the G. Let's go. Hey, everybody. What's up? What's up? This is A to the N to the G, and you're listening to Your Credit Today. I'm super excited about my guest that I have joining me today, Marlo Nicole. But hey, you know I always have to do a little business. If you have not subscribed to this show, hit that subscribe button. Tell all of your friends and family about the amazing tips and information that you're learning from this voice here, A to the N to the G. Well, let me just say a little bit of something. When we speak about women and money, it's not just some clickety word. It's real. For many years, women have been evolving in spaces that one would never think of them to enter. And my next guest has done just that. She is a badass. And we'll talk all about her wit, grit, and steadfast hunger for defeating the odds. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my friend, Marlo Nicole, a wine enthusiast, cannabis expert, hospitality founder, and all-around financial genius. Welcome, Marlo. (laughs) Thank you, Angela. I've never been called those things before. That was sweet. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm I'm usually really good at making up nicknames and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I love writing real uh, quirky things. But hey, you know, honestly, that is all the truth about you and what I've come to learn. You know, sometimes friends and fans out there, the quietest ones are the ones back there that are making all the millions. (laughs) So Marlo, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like what inspired you to take on the world of entrepreneurship and tell us a little bit about your story. Let's see what inspired me to take on this world of entrepreneurship. So I spent almost 19 years in law enforcement. And before that, I was in telecommunications. When I was younger, I had this dream of kind of like a superhero. I wanted to go into law enforcement. I wanted to save the world, help everybody, keep people safe. And needless to say, I feel like I did my part in that for about, you know, 19 years. But you don't really become financially independent working for other people. And I learned that fairly quickly in my 20s, no kids, single, taxes were killing me. And I thought for a long time, what can I do, you know, for myself in terms of being able to create the lifestyle that I wanted? So it wasn't exactly about, you know, money or entrepreneurship at first. It was about me being able to just afford to do all of the things that I wanted to do. And I'm not good with being told no. So that's kind of what started me uh, on my entrepreneurship journey. And uh, wait, 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 wait. You said you're not good at taking no. Tell me a little no. bit about that. Because I know that you're you're saying that kind of funny, but at the same time, that is a cue for anybody in the world of being an entrepreneur. Because what that means is, is that no becomes an opportunity for you to find the yes. Absolutely. So I learned early on that no doesn't exactly mean no, that a lot of times it just means not right now. And so I I took that and I, I ran with it and I just began trying to just 
kind of create a world for myself and being able to monetize any and everything that I actually loved to do. Mm. Okay. Well, tell us what you love to do. I love to travel. I love to eat out. I love to have a good bottle of wine. Uh, The cannabis industry is a little bit different because I can't say I love to do that because I don't. But what I do do is love to help other people. And I realized uh, when my mother was going through her hip injury, she had to have a, a full hip replacement surgery, that all of the narcotics that she was being prescribed did not make her feel well. And a friend of mine gave me some cannabis creams and said, hey, have her try this. And lo and behold, that was the only thing that worked for her. So that made me love cannabis because it was an opportunity for me to be able to, again, help people that I care about feel better. Mm, That's so good. I mean, you know, I think that for so long, the cannabis, you know, we call it cannabis now, but, you know, they used to call it different things back in the day. (laughs) Yes. It's, you know, been so, it's had this like evil label on it for so long. And I think that, you know, it's, it's always, I tell people, you know, I never met someone that wanted to beat someone up that just had some cannabis, you know, (laughs) makes you so calm and so cool. And moreover, what I think that you're explaining, which we've found over the last few years is that it has so many healing properties, the plant. Absolutely. And, you know, in in my position, it's even more odd because I I went from cop to cannabis. I went from, in my opinion, going from a young person that was kind of brainwashed into thinking that this is a drug to an adult that said, hey, wait a minute, what's the difference between this and my mom's aloe vera plant that she used to put on my wound, you know? And so that's kind of how I see it now. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they're they're prescribing it, or it's you know even being given to animals, and you know all kinds of things. And you know, at the end of the day, you know God doesn't make mistakes. And yes, friends and fans out there, we do speak about God on this show, okay? But you know, He doesn't make mistakes, and He made this plant to heal things. And there are many different herbs and things out there that heal. And I think that you know, for so many years, we've turned to big pharma to heal us. And we're finding more and more that there are things on this earth that are intended to heal our bodies and not just taking a pill. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I have, you know, I always have these little quirky questions that I ask people that come on my show, but I think it really helps to turn the wheel when you're thinking about things. If you were granted one wish, what would that be? You know, that's so easy for me. I would want to meet Oprah Winfrey. Oh, (laughs) okay. Well, (laughs) put it out into the airwaves. And you know, we're always seven degrees of separation, right? I am just going to put it out there and say that you are going to meet Oprah Winfrey. It's going to happen. Yes. And, um, you know, I always believe that speak those things that are not as though they are and they will be. So you do you have that on your vision board? You know what? I do not, but it should definitely be somewhere near the top. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so funny. My kids, when they say something, I'll put my finger up to their lips and say, shh, don't you say that. 
And they always look at me like, okay, mom, yeah, I know, don't speak it. But, you know, it's really a powerful thing because words are like seeds. Yes. And, you know, when we birth them out of our mouth, they go into the earth, they germinate, and they become something. And so it's why I'm such an enthusiast about being a positive person. You know, people always say to me, you know, Angela, you're just too positive. And I'm like, is there such thing? No, I love it. (laughs) As being too positive, I don't think so. Well, moving right along, you know, I always like to ask this question. And the reason I ask this question is because me personally, when I was growing up, I had an amazing grandmother who actually was a Holocaust survivor. She became a bookkeeper and was a bookkeeper for many years, but taught me a lot about money and credit cards and all kinds of things. And she never really knew that she was teaching me while she was talking to me about it. But I was, you know, such a precocious young, young lady or little girl that I was taking in everything that she was saying. And I'm a big proponent about teaching our youth, teaching the children that are around us all about money. It is so, so, so important for us to pass along the knowledge and the information that we have. You know, I sit down with my kids all the time and I talk to them about mistakes that I've made. Even if it's, you know, hey, I made a mistake today and here's what I've learned from it. And I think it's so important to do that. And, you know, growing up with my, in my family, my grandmother was really the only one that helped me with that. But when you were growing up, what kind of financial advice did you receive? Or, you know, maybe you didn't receive any and you are self-taught. Tell us a little bit about that. No, absolutely. I love that question because it it's definitely a matter of what I wasn't taught. And, you know, it's nothing against, you know, either of my parents or grandparents no. or aunts or uncles. You know, people only know what they know. And my mother growing up, she always had good credit, but what she also had was a lot of debt. And so I learned a lot about credit and debt because I was constantly asking for things. And that kind of goes back to the initial part of me not liking no. I would ask her for things and she would say, you know, oh, not right now, you know, or I don't have the money right now. And I would be very familiar. I don't know, maybe a nosy kid, but I would go get a credit card statement and say, look, you have all this money right here. And she would explain to me that that was the balance, not what was available. And so I learned how to operate with credit and to not be in a position where it was creating debt, but to be able Mm. to manage it. And so that's one of the things that I learned about credit early on. The other thing was, again, just not being able to accept no like that. I always wanted to have good credit because I like to be able to go and buy whatever I want. And I started investing in real estate. I started investing in, you know, myself and, and in business. And my credit was extremely valuable. So I learned early on how important that was because I I just couldn't wait to be able to jump into that part of life. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that you will always hear me say is your credit is an investment tool to build wealth. And the more people know and understand the value of that platform, the better they will be. There are some leaders out there. Of course, I'm never going to speak their names, but 
that are touting, you know, why do you care so much about your credit score? You know, you should not be getting into debt. You should be using your cash. You shouldn't buy a car on credit. You shouldn't do any of these things. And it's sad to me because a lot of people are following that advice. But, you know, the credit system was actually designed to help us prosper in life if we understand how to use it as the tool that it was intended to be. Most of the millionaires that we know and see on TV or whatnot have used other people's money to become very wealthy. And it doesn't mean that debt is always bad. There are good debts to have. And there's ways to show you on paper that, yes, absolutely, do you have some debt? Yes, but what is the return on that debt investment? And when you sit down and you put a pen to paper and you really have an understanding of what that debt can do for you at a certain period of time, it's very, very powerful. And so I'm really glad that you said that. I A lot of guests that come on my show kind of say the same thing. And the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of our parents were very busy working jobs, trying to put food on the table. You know, we've got different types of generations where, you know, sometimes some people, there was only one person working in the family and the other person was, you know, taking care of the household or whatnot. And, you know, you have the one person that's taking care of the household that never understood finance because they were really glued to what the family needed. Yes. And so, you know, talking about women and money, I think that I applaud first and foremost women that decide to, you know, stay home and take care of the home and whatnot because it is such a tough job taking care of children. I think a lot of people underestimate how difficult it really is to take care of children. And specifically in this day and age with, you know, all of the digitization of, you know, YouTube and, and TikTok and all of these things, you know, we have to really protect our children's minds. But at the end of the day, it's really important as women and as people that we don't turn a deaf eye or a deaf ear to what's going on in our household, what's going on with the money. We need to really, really teach our children, teach our youth, because this particular youth, I'll say my children, I have a 27-year-old, a 25-year-old, and a 10-year-old. I can honestly say that even my 27-year-old talks to me all the time because I've always been in their ear about money and credit. He says, you know, it's, it's fascinating, mom, that a lot of my friends have really absolutely no clue. They have no idea. They don't understand. All they do is click buttons and buy things. And that's what it's come to. And that's why it's important for us to teach our youth to pay attention. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, just to give my mother even more credit, one of the things that she did do for me was she trusted me. Even as a kid at 13 years Mm. old, I had my own checking account. I got her to um, put me on her credit card so that I could start balancing, practicing how to balance books and balance money. And so when I started working, that's why I, I started purchasing property so early because I was making money and, you know, the taxes were just killing me. 
So I had to find a way to be able to kind of get some of that back, so to speak. Absolutely. And, and so that's where the real estate investing came in. And then it just kind of grew from that point. Mm-hmm. Well, you were interested and you were hungry. And that's why you continue to learn more. And, you know, talking about entrepreneurship, one of the things that I have learned as being an entrepreneur for so many years, there's something called intrapreneur. Are you familiar with that? I don't think I am. Okay. It's really, really important for us to talk about that as entrepreneurs because, listen, at the end of the day, when we create companies, when we create brands and things of this nature, we can't do it alone. We need help. (laughs) In order for us to grow our brands, in order for us to grow our companies, we need help. We need people. And an entrepreneur, um, they did a study actually in 2020. And there was over 59.1 billion reasons to become an entrepreneur. And what that meant was, is that you were working with an entrepreneur and helping them to build their brand. And so many, many people that become an entrepreneur can actually become financially independent if they understand how to work alongside of an entrepreneur and help that brand grow, um, earn stock, you know, earn big income. There's, there's a lot of ways to earn money and not be an entrepreneur because at the end of the day, being an entrepreneur is not for everyone no because way. we take a ton of risks that a lot of people just don't have the stomach for, right? Just wanted to kind of throw that one in there. The next question I have is, you know, tell me your why in life and what keeps you motivated. Why? Uh, just freedom, really. My why is for freedom and what keeps me motivated is my family just being able to have them enjoy themselves and and not be put in a position to where when they grow up, they have to find a job, they have to work for someone else. I would like for them to grow up and and be able to have options and say, you know what, I think I'm going to go and work with my mom or I'm going to go work with my dad or, you know, I, they just have options. And Mm. that's the type of freedom that I'm talking about. And there's so many people that just don't have that option. You know, they have nothing that was left to them, so to speak. They have to start from scratch. I don't want my kids to have to start from scratch. I'm building everything I do right now for them if they mm. if that's what they want. That's beautiful. I love that. And so that's what keeps you motivated, I'm I'm assuming Absolutely. is you know, seeing them happy and fulfilled and teaching them all they need to know. Absolutely. Every child in my house has a stock account and they understand stocks and the market and trading and, you know, again, just teaching them about compounding interest and not putting all your eggs in one basket. And I think that's one of the things that probably make me slightly different than some entrepreneurs is that I I, I just try not to focus on one thing or one industry. And I've Mm -hmm. kind of created a, a place where all of my passions can kind of work together. I see that. That's beautiful. Tell me this. What is the best advice that you ever received from someone? Uh, The best advice I've ever received. Actually, I'm going to say was something similar to what you said earlier, which is using OPM, other people's money. (laughs) 
OPM. Yes. You're down with OPM. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> yes. That's probably the best uh, advice that I ever received. That's, and that's I still good. do it. And I still do it. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, what do you, we've talked a lot about, you know, change and, you know, the youth and what do you think needs to change to help people become more financially fit? I think financial literacy and education should be mandatory in high school. I think that if kids learn this growing up before they have an opportunity to ruin their credit and, and, Fortunately, have to meet someone, you know, in your position that can help them before they get to that point. If they can have a better understanding of how the process works, how to be financially responsible, I think that, you know, young adults would be better off. Absolutely. hundred percent. I believe that too. Well, tell me one thing that you did not know about credit that you know now and you find valuable in your personal life, not your business life, but you personally? One thing that I did not know that I know now, I guess initially or early on, I would say I did not realize how paying your balance off before the bill come really impacts your score. And okay. now I, I really try to, um, you know, keep my balances below, what is it, 30% to make sure yes. that I'm, I'm keeping my scores A plus as I can. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 70-30 is the perfect balance, the perfect ratio. And that, for friends and fans out there, if you're uh, not familiar with that, it's 70% available and 30% balance. Yes. And the last but not least question that I want to ask you is now that you know what you know about credit and you've kind of self-taught, what do you want to pass on to the youth about the importance of a good credit score? Oh my gosh. I mean, if you value your money, then you have to value your credit score because that's how they base what your interest rate's going to be, what your down payment is going to be. And it makes no sense that person A can have, you know, uh, the same house as person B, but person A has, you know, an A credit score and person B has a B credit score. So person A is saving, you know, in the long run, $200,000 over 30-year period because of their credit score. And that's something that we're all in control of and we have the ability to manage. And so mm -hmm. that is, I think, the most valuable thing. And, and the most important thing that people should really understand is how much it affects their money. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really, again, you know, I'm a big proponent. I, I like to scream this to, from the rooftops, but I'm really, really passionate about teaching um, our youth the importance of that because I think that there are so many young people right now that, you know, have decided to stay at home longer than they should when there are opportunities for them to invest, even if it's in an investment pool with some of their friends or whatnot. And of course, we have to be careful as far as that's concerned. Yes. But, you know, the thing is, is that I really, really think that it's so important for us to continue to teach our children the importance of how to give 
how to save and you know what they should be spending their money on. My 10-year-old is so funny because every time we sit down and we talk about this, he always says, mom, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I have to do boom, boom, boom. And I always say, good. I'm glad you know. I'm glad that it's planted inside of your brain because when you get older, these are the things that you're going to remember and it will help you to make healthy decisions, healthy choices. My son that is actually getting ready to go play ball in Europe, one of the things that he sat down and talked to me and his dad about was like, hey, you know, um, obviously I don't own any property or I, you know, and I sold my car because I'm not going to need it. And I want to take all of my money and put it into a mutual fund. And I wanted to find out what you thought about that. And we were like, hallelujah. (laughs) That is an amazing idea, you know, because he said, my thing is, is that if I have access to it while I'm away, that I might spend it on things that I otherwise shouldn't. And it just warmed my heart to hear that such thing, because as a parent, it makes you feel really good when your children are following the advice that you gave them, because when they're younger, they always want to fight it. But then when they get older, they really see the value. So guys out there, listen, I don't care if your kid says, mom, I don't want to hear it. Dad, I don't want to hear it. You keep talking and don't shut up. They're listening. They're (laughs) listening. That's right. That's right. Well, Marlo, did you have anything that you wanted to add that I didn't ask you? No, just other than thank you for, you know, having me on today and thank you for everything that you're doing and, and teaching and you know, for all the people that you help, I know uh, definitely that they've gotten some value out of it. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, listen, friends and fans out there, you're listening to this voice here, A to the N to the G. Again, if you have not subscribed, hit that subscribe button and tell all of your friends and family, like I said, about what you're learning on this show. Now, this is just one of our shows. You know, we have many, many shows and we're talking about all kinds of things, not just credit, but everything related to finance. And if you have any questions or whatnot, please feel free to reach out to us. My website is AngelaBassard.com. It's been a pleasure talking to you today, Marlo. Thank you so much for coming to Your Credit Today. Until next time, we're out.